You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lamb. Almost said Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. Text us 865-658-5824. Join alongside Tim live in Green Bay. We're in here just, you know, got a cup of Joe spooling up the diesel already. Just getting this thing cranked up right Guys and gals, it's Friday. I don't know about you, but I am so excited, man. We got Christmas right around the corner. We got football tomorrow. We've got football on Sunday. We've got a triple header on Monday. Real soon, very, very soon, we'll be saying, hey, man, I can't wait till football season. So gotta just got to drink it in, Tim. How you doing this morning, buddy? Feeling great, man. Blessed to be here another day, walking the earth, talking ball. Excited, man. Lots to look forward to. Uh too bad the Saints didn't win last night, but hey, that's all right. Can't get a ball, right? <laughs> that's exactly right, man. It uh, that was a that was a dumpster fire early, is what that was. Um, man, the money that they invested into uh, into Derek Carr, and it, people immediately they look at the Saints and go, "That's why you don't kick the can down the road." It's not that they kick the can down the road; it's the players they've got on the team, like. You put all your chips in Derek Carr. <laughs> That's, you know, let's put it this way. If you had Brock Purdy, not that Brock Purdy would magically be available. I'm just saying one of these quarterbacks that's playing really, really well. If you put Dak Prescott on that team, if you put Brock Purdy the way he's playing on that team with the same scheme, of course, and, you know, you you had a better array of players, I'm sorry, things look a lot better down there. It's just easy to go, ah, see, see, they made the cat mistakes. Because um, they've got solid players on defense, obviously. But uh, last night, man, Matt Stafford, it feels a lot like the year that they went on that run, Tim. And yeah. uh, his arm looks completely healthy. He was flicking that wrist with sidearm passes. Um, the offense looks like it's uh, it's firing on all cylinders. McVay's in his bag. And I remember the year they won the Super Bowl. We heard people over and over. They were, they're not the best team just because they won the championship. They're not the best team. Okay. 
They still got that. They got that Lombardi out there in the trophy room. So uh, I would. I wouldn't mind to have it. To be honest with you, so. Matt, Matt Stafford's that dude. Yeah, I, I, I got a lot of respect for him, man. You and know, I used to, him. I used to say, "Hey, what's he done? What has he done?" Yep. Now we know, right? Go ahead. Now he's doing things. Yep. And um, you know, there's a lot of things. I've said this about Stafford. Even when he came into the league, there were things that just kind of reminded me of Brett. Honestly, you mm-hmm. know, Stafford's rocket arm, real tough. Um, you know, he's a player's player, you know, definitely a, a quarterback's quarterback. You know, if you love football, you love guys like him, man. You know, just the way he approaches the game and goes out there and plays. So uh, hopefully we'll, uh, you know, meet him in the playoffs or something and send them home. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now we're going to hit on the uh, <clears throat> Jordan Love contract here in a minute. I got several comments marked here in the chat too one from carly ray i'm really interested in hitting on it because she seems to to disagree with us on what devondre campbell's uh comments were i'm going to tell you this right now if there's anybody who can convince me otherwise from what i'm feeling it's probably carly because carly is the most level-headed person and thinks things through and doesn't go on social media ranting and telling people to kill themselves and <laughs> whatever else so uh, i'm eager to, to kind of dive into that and see if we might have overlooked something there drew d thank you for the super chat buddy appreciate you he said last week sucked but we're still in the playoff hunt last week doesn't need to define this week we need to restore hope for the game go pack go very well said drew um you know that's the thing too is like when you look at the nfl across the league this stuff happens every single week. We look up and go, man, can you believe so? You know that team beat this team, or can you believe they blew them out? What well, we're kind of talking about last night. You're talking about two teams that are seem like they were evenly matched going into that game. Both their starting quarterbacks were healthy, right? And then you got one going in there just absolutely boat racing the other. I know it ended up being, I believe, an eight point game, but let's be honest, that game was never that close. Mm-hmm. It was all night long. The Rams were just. Uh, running rump shot over them. So, um, but appreciate the super chat there, Drew D. Completely agree with that. All right, let's get to what Carly said. Carly said, I think these last two games, the defensive scheme focused so much on shutting down Barkley and Evans uh, that they neglected other key areas uh, and in and it came back to bot them. I hope we will see a more well-rounded game plan. And then she goes on to the comment I was talking about. She says, also, after listening to Joe Barry's press conference, I actually think Devondre's Twitter comments were more about the coaching staff than the fans. The fans didn't know he was playing through uh, injuries, but the coaches did. Carly, the, the latter part of your comment is the one I disagree with, um, simply because there were fans. We were talking about the injuries, you know, two weeks prior, right? Going, it, it, You heard me say over and over and over, man, is this, is this Dre kind of hitting the norm? And, and that first year was an outlier. The second year was kind of an outlier. And this is who he is. Or is this the injuries that's slowing him down? When we talked about him, uh, you know, his inability to pick off that ball, which I know people don't want to hear. It. That was the absolute perfect play call. They had two defenders right there on the sit and uh, should have been picked, possibly a pick six. Um, we immediately went, man, why was he slow, so slow getting to that? It's got to be the injuries, right? If you go to Twitter immediately following that game, just search Devondre Campbell or just search Campbell or Packers or whatever. You, you could probably narrow it down a little bit easier because people misspell his name all the time. I know I've been guilty of it. So it came a long way. That's his uh his handle. You yeah. always type that in, you find him right away. Yeah, but I was referring to people tweeting about him. Oh, if right. You go, if you go to that day of the game, look at what look at what fans were saying about him. And he is on Twitter. He 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 really sees what people tweet. And yeah. I know there's a certain select number of the fan base well he should stay off twitter 
I, you know, I respectfully disagree. <laughs> I, <laughs> I tell those people, so should you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I don't see him going on there just randomly commenting on people for no reason that have never interacted with him or he's never interacted with them and just saying absolutely rude things. Now, back to what you said and someone else kind of mentioned here, we're going to carry this, this conversation over because there were several people in the chat that brought it up. Doug said, Carly Ray, I was interested in the timing of Devondre's tweet. Paul Brettel said Matt LaFleur held the meeting with the defense on Monday. Campbell's tweet came out Tuesday. Hmm. Very interesting there for sure. All right. If we go on along here, um, let's see here. Omer says, yes, he allowed all the players to express their thoughts in that meeting. Hopefully it helped clear some air, especially on defense with all the piss poor communication that went on last Sunday. I've, I've learned now the buzzword that you're not allowed to say is miscommunication. People get extremely angry when you mention miscommunication now because people are tired of hearing it. <laughs> so let's kind of hit pause there for a second. Obviously, what did Dre say, right? Let's say he did come out of that meeting and then he put the tweet out. If they had a defensive-only meeting, the whole purpose of a defensive-only meeting is to get all those guys in the room and go, I want to hear what you have to say. What do you think the issues are? It's not the coaches got the defense in there and they ring them out, right? Uh, I think it's pretty obvious now and evident that the goal there from the coaching staff was let's let's hear from the players how do we fix this, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Some people look at that, oh, when you start doing that, boy, you ruin the team. Okay, if that's the case, then you believe that little people, shut up, sit down. Bit, you know, grown-ups are talking. We'll tell you what you need to do. That's that's not the right way to run any organization in 2023. I'm sorry. Um, but I think, if anything, as I was reading all that, I'm going, I don't feels like he might have been pissed at some of the players. Maybe some of the players called him out. That could be the case, too, right? And I can now, see that that vibe when you've got a lot of young, young guys in a room and then you've got, you know, a veteran like Devondre in there, too. Right. So you right. could, I could see some of that being true. I'm not saying it is, but yeah. it wouldn't shock me, right. you know. And then the then the OGs got to kind of look at the young bucks and go, "Hey, settle down, settle yeah. down, buddy. You've been yeah. here five minutes. I've been here, you know, nine years, eight years. Right. So, you know, I I could see a little bit of that. And you know, th this team's got to find a way to come together. We got a game Sunday, which is. Mm -hmm basically a playoff game. You know, we are, we are playing every, every game we have the rest of the year is for our season. And if we blow one of them, it's over. So whatever it is, they got to find a way to go out there and, and, uh, and play together and win together. And we've seen it time and time again, teammates that don't like each other, whether it's personal or they, their, their styles don't mesh well. Um, I'll give you a great example. Um, you know, a lot of the Chicago Bulls in the mid '90s weren't thrilled when Dennis Rodman was brought in to that that team, and uh, they put that crap aside and they won three championships together. So there are ways to do that, and uh, I think you just got to get on the same page. And when I see Dre's comments about the game plan, oh well, we we like the game plan so far. Let's see, let's see what happens. Um, I think they're working through this, guys. Um, today's Friday. We're we're getting close to. Uh, close to game day and uh, hopefully this stuff is shored up and we see a, you know, a complete turnaround here from this defense. Yeah. And here's the thing too, like we need to mention this. We're sitting here still talking about it. Right. And we're always going to lean on the chat guys. I know there's somebody listening to this pod right now going, I'm tired of hearing about Devondre Campbell's tweet. Well, we're tired of hearing fire Joe Barry. So <laughs> I'm what, what we want to do is key in on the people who are active. 
they're actively communicating with with the show, right? We want to keep our finger on that pulse, especially for Good Morning Lambo. This is, hey, wake up, grab a cup of coffee, let's talk some ball. What do you What do you guys want to talk about? We've got other topics we we can hit on. I put together a show every day in case no one shows up in the chat. You got to be prepared for that, right? But we're always going to kind of gear towards this. But they're the players are probably already over this, to be honest with you. And we're still sitting here talking about. It. They probably hashed it out, and everything's all good now. Uh, it's funny how that works. But uh, um, as far as the coaches, too, the other thing I was going to say, Carly, the, the reason I don't think he was referring to the coaches is because he comes out and says Matt LaFleur is his guy, right? He's got Matt LaFleur's back. What's been Matt LaFleur's quote-unquote flaw is that he's got Joe Barry's back, right? So if if Dre if Dre was ticked off at the coaching staff, why would he say that about Coach Matt LaFleur, right? And we all know he's the reason that he came here to play. On top of that – You've got Joe Barry's presser comes out and he's like just saying absolute praises of Devondre Campbell, that he's a warrior. He's one thousand. He's got one thousand percent of my support. If he doesn't feel like he's healthy enough to play right now and that's, you know, causing all this friction, you take all the time you need. Right. It just seems like he's got his back. So I'm not saying you're not correct. The chances of Carly Ray being accurate on something over Clayton being accurate is way, way more likely. I guarantee you that because she sat down and thought it through. And I've been digging into tape all year. I've been looking at, okay, here's the actual problems that's taking place. So all of my opinion is really rooted in what's going on on the tape. What was the play call? What was everybody's you know schematic assignments? Who played well? Who didn't? Okay, oh. let's bounce it off Mike Wall. Okay, got his take on it. That kind of confirms what I was seeing. All right, what's Paul Brettel saying? All right, got like you know, all of that. I've got a lot of stuff going into this uh this fat noggin of mine. What are you gonna Good say? Comment too? from Carly Ray here. Uh nine fourteen your time. Got it. Let's see if we can uh, pull it up here real quick. Let's see if we can pull that up right on right on the money. Boom. I think Dre didn't like last week's game plan, and then when things went bad, people blamed him. Now that I could see, yeah. that right there, I could see having some legs. Right, he was probably frustrated, and then guys are looking at him like, "Come on, dude, what, what are you doing?" And he's like, "What am I doing? What right. were we doing?" You know? Yeah, it wasn't it? If if the blame was getting put on one guy, which on Twitter, that's what I mean about the fans. Like, right. you would think Devondre Campbell was the only person on the field. Like, there were several times I'm going, "Damn, Quay, what are you doing?" In this situation, you know, like like the one we showed with the quad right, yep. uh, the quad right with the, the the motion left. When you look at that play, and then you go to Twitter, and it's just Devondre, 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 and it's like you realize he wasn't even on the field for that play, right? They ran a dime, and that as soon as as soon as I read her comment just now, Tim, immediately popped my mind was that dime play. They took Dre off the field, yep, in a nickel situation, took him off the field and put an extra safety and extra corner in, so. Could be. You know, and we case. talk about Dre being one of those real, he's just a real dude. You know, like I always say, all, no flash, all substance. I got to believe in my heart of heart if he was really frustrated and he really had a problem, you know, he would, he'd address it. You know, if he, yeah, if he was that serious and, and really had a problem with this staff, a guy at this point in his career that he's at, you know, maybe he, maybe he just puts it out there, you know, and the mm -hmm. fact that he didn't, tells me we may be, uh, you know, reading into things that aren't necessarily there. But then again, that's all we can do is speculate. We're not in that locker room. And to yeah. your and to your point, Clayton, no matter what, we're going to be we're going to be late to the to the party with the news because it's going to be over by the time yeah, we know. What's yeah, going we're on. on the outside looking in, you know, but I can tell you, man, sometimes this type of crap can can galvanize a team. It really can. Well, mm -hmm. you said this. And who were you? 
talking about and you're not you're not getting your assignment and you get the finger pointing and all the blaming and all that crap done behind closed doors and then you come out on sunday and you boat race carolina that's what you do so that's 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 my attitude i'm gonna i'm gonna stay positive right now i think that would fix that would fix every problem in that locker room if you come out and 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 beat that team by a couple scores right all of a sudden all of a sudden the media is right and everything positive and you know Clayton, you said this earlier this year we're we as fans we're waiting for one of these games we are due for a a green bay packer just boat race because we have not had a single game this year that wasn't a nail biter to some degree i mean even the chiefs game the chiefs didn't have a lead that entire game but there were moments towards the end we were like oh god here we go the only one we really had was the rams game but we were playing you know ripping <laughs> yeah know, like, that's true that, that would be count. <laughs> that would be as close as we've had but yeah. I, I would love to just you know kick the feet up and you know just relax and watch a good old-fashioned Packers uh you know no doubt type victory but uh we'll see yeah all right let's run through the chat real quick let me get caught up and then we'll go to the uh we'll go to all the Jordan Love contract talk we got a lot of a lot of cool screen grabs there to kind of explain what the league the landscape looks uh, looks like around the league as far as the quarterback position and cap hits. Uh, Omer in the chat said, this team has looked fabulous when they're on the same page and play as a unit. When they don't, we get the crap we saw Sunday. Uh, what was concerning is our secondary vanished. We stunk versus a run and not the pass. Immediately, I think, who's in the secondary? Valentine. Stokes pulled himself from the game. Valentine, seventh-round pick. Jonathan Owens, don't even know where he was drafted. Um yeah, Rudy Ford. I couldn't tell you where he was drafted. Like, and he's he's the highlight of the secondary. That's what's crazy. But anyway, Omer says they all hate Barry, so they create their own narrative to support their views. Those who watch the tape realize, as Clayton and Wall point out, uh, a lot of it is player execution, coach, and scheme. Not all of it. Yeah, and and again, like we've said all year long, Omer, um, that still falls on the coaches. It does. It means you're not you're not getting them prepared. Period. Case closed. Right. But yeah. Um, I like Mike's approach, though. Mike's kind of like, man, as a player, you got to look up and go, you know, this is entry level stuff. Why am I not able to do this? You know, unless Joe Barry in that specific situation, what I said to Mike, too. Unless in that specific situation, Joe Barry down to the green dot says, hey, Quay, look, no matter what, just stand in the middle of the field. Don't cover anybody, bub. <laughs> I have a hard time believing that happened. Right. We know that's not true. Yeah. Right. And, and you heard them talk about the rotation, how they miss some rotations. And that's what they're talking about. Like when they use a little motion, there's keys within the defense that, okay, when they do go, like like in that situation where you've got three receivers on one side, you only got two guys defending them, and you've got one guy sitting in the middle of the field. It's like, yeah, you, you've got to know when they shift from quad to that side, it's almost like Quay was like, okay, now we got to be aware of him. No, you don't. You've got two over there. You, you've actually got the triangle look over there. You're good. You need to form this box on the other side. Then you immediately got to go to, okay, do we got nothing's in the backfield? We got an empty set. There's no priority there. If you want to sugar a little bit, then get over to complete the lower quarter of that box. Totally cool. But um, it just, yeah, it just seemed like we're, it was all, like- we're all worried about Mike Evans and we get lit up by Godwin. That's yeah. that's basically that's the what beautiful thing about having those. two number one wide receivers, man. You know, that's yeah. you can't cover them all. Now, this yeah. whole idea that people think that that Devondre shouldn't be covering Goblin in the slot, then you're saying, okay, you want to play 100% man. We're back to that that argument, although Keyshawn got his lunch eight last week against the Giants, and that's what cost you the game there. Like, there's there's pros and cons to every adjustment you make, right? Um, now, if you're suggesting we should just play dime and quarter all the time, not quarters, quarter. Dime meaning, you know, 
With with nickel, you've got five DBs. Dime, you've got six. Quarter means you got seven. If you're suggesting we stay in that, don't get upset when they run all over you again. That's the pro and con. That's the give and take. Um, so, well, uh, we love the box and they run all over us too. So, yeah, that's so <laughs> tough, man. That's, that's more tough. frustrating to me. I, I'll take I'll take the D giving up the underneath, right. uh, Ben, but don't break. But man, when you you put seven or eight in the box and they still run right up the A gap, it's I don't know what what we do with that, you know? Right, right. Um, let's see here. Deadfish says, good morning, PTA. Going to miss today's show. We'll be on the road. Wanted to stop in and say hi and hit that like button. I think I found the Nadler meltdown. Feel his pain back tomorrow eve. Hey, safe travels out there, Deadfish. Hope you have a, a great holiday, buddy. And, um, yeah, be careful. Yeah, the the uh, the Aaron, I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about Aaron Nagler's meltdown. Um, I watched, uh, what was it the other night? Um, gosh, what's it called? The show uh, Packers Transplants with him and Corey. And uh, it, it looked like Nagler regretted it a little bit, but at the same time, you know, he's going to double down. If he's in that situation again, he's going to have the same meltdown. <laughs> Nagler is, he is one of a kind on his life. You know, and I'll tell you what, man, we all fan differently, right? And Absolutely, yeah. I, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to defend, necessarily defend Nagler here, but I, I'm going to say that I appreciate the passion. And yeah. that's, that's, that's where it comes from, you know, Corey too, you know, the, the, these guys are passionate Packer fans and, just like we are, right? We're just passionate in our own ways, man. You know, right. I'm a very boring fan. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll go, okay, this guy doesn't have a hot take one. Now, I like to prod a little bit, poke a little bit. Like I put a tweet up the other day about uh, about uh, Robert Sala, right? I was actually sitting on the runway and tweeted this out because I was listening to Michael Lombardi and he pointed a stat out. And I'm like, man, is, is that the knock on Robert Sala is situationally, divisionally, he just can't win those big games within the division. He pointed out that the Miami Dolphins have outscored the Jets this year, 64 to 13. So I tweeted out and was like, man, the great defensive mind of Robert Sala. Everybody acts like Robert Sala is like the, the second coming of Bill Belichick or something, right? Um, because of the precious DVOA, of course. If that's the main thing. Don't look at the win-loss record. Don't look at situational football. Don't look at what they're doing in the red zone with the game on the line. Don't look at how they match up with the team that's across from them, i.e., Tariq Hill, let's just look at DVOA, right? Um, I just I mentioned that, and people lost their minds. It was just like, well, their offense is bad. Okay, now, now, now the defense is determined by the offense. Got it. It just makes no sense to me, man. Makes no sense. And what I was strictly doing, and when he mentioned that too, when uh, when Michael Lombardi uh, talked about it, I'm going to be doing a breakdown of defenses here real soon. I'm trying to get through the season because if we're going to playoff push, I want to put it on the back burner. But we're going to deep dive the top defenses across the league. Okay, what are they doing? You know, uh, could that be a direction we go in, that type of conversation? Um, one of the things that you're going to need to look at is how do they perform within the division? What do they do in those important games? Like, do you want a D.C. in here that, yeah, they put up great numbers throughout the year, but when you play the biggest opponents, they absolutely crap the bed. That's where I was pointing out with Sala was like, how in the world is he giving up 64 points in two games to, to the top-ranking division divisional opponent when the Jets were supposed to compete for that division, right? And and immediately people insert the Aaron Rodgers aspect, I got you. But um, I, I just pointed that out, and, boy, it was – I had a, a fellow Christian come at me and call me dumb, and uh, since I can't remember what it was, it was like two or three tweets in a row. And he told me I had weird energy. I was going, <laughs> I put a tweet up and you jumped in here and insulted me back to back to back. 
and you're supposed to be a Christian, and then I've got weird energy. What the hell are you talking? Get out of here, dude. So we mm -hmm. get to the old roadhouse. Um, but I'm sure he'll be back later in the form of a uh, in the form of a burner account, which I love the fact that I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. I can tell when someone's using a burner. Um, I'll just leave it at that. I've got a guy who's done a done podcast producing for a long time, and they're very, very active in social media. And you can tell, um, you can narrow it down. Let's just say this: they're they're either living in the same neighborhood, or they got a burner. Okay, let's mm -hmm. put it that way. But uh, anyway, with that being said, um, Chris in the chat said Clayton should have a section of the show called Omer going off and just let him spit knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's hot take central right there. Roll the roll the clip, Clayton. Yeah, yeah. Got, I don't got think I clip. have it anymore. I actually oh, got you don't have the clip with Omer no, we, having a couple yeah, because of, he, had, he had to put the one of you drinking on the bear. We had to replace it with you, Tim. Here, yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, I'm a I'm a whiskey guy, not a vodka guy. Right. <laughs> all right, there you go. Put it on the ticker. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Put it on the ticker. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. Doug in the chat says, it's a data top mismatch. Matt LaFleur wanted the Fangio scheme. He hired Barry to implement it, but Joe Barry's core philosophy is not Fangio. Our cornerbacks are more comfy with man than zone. Recipe for disaster. Essentially what you've got is a front office, a GM, that's not marrying up the way he drafts with the scheme you're trying to run, and then you double down on that by bringing in a DC who hasn't ran that. Like Paul Brettel pointed out last night, he was just in the Fangio, the Fangio system one year, Joe Barry, that first year with the Rams, right? So Matt trusted him to, hey, let's let's bring this in and try to run it. In all honesty, they're running a multiple, they're running a multiple type defense. I mean, you're seeing now they've tried about everything. You've got Van Ness with his hand in the dirt occasionally, right? Now you've got this year you played a lot of cover one man. You played a little bit of zero, but you played a lot of cover one man. You played some combo where it literally You'll see me on Chalk Talk put a question mark up going, they're playing man on that side, we're playing zone on this side. So they've tried just about everything in that regard. Um, I know some would not lead you to believe that, but um, it, it's the coaching aspect, the teaching aspect that's off, though. There's no two ways about it. 
Um, it's just not hitting home. That's why there's got to be a change. There's got to be a change. And, uh, you know, the thing that we could cling to all year was the points per game, points per play. Obviously, you have a game like you did there on Sunday against Tampa Bay. Now I think we're sitting somewhere around 16th or 17th in both of those categories, which is middle of the pack. Now your yards per play, yards per game really dipped down. Now you got to step back and, okay, this is getting worse. This is getting worse by the day. It just sucks that you couldn't put it all together in the first half of the season when the defense was playing good and the offense was playing so bad. But that's the NFL, and that's where coaches really get paid there. Um, Chad Inc. in the chat said, it's funny to me when people say athletes should stay off Twitter. They're grown men. They can do what they want. Yeah, it's uh, yep. <laughs> we won't get into all that. <laughs> Carly Ray says, yes, but how many people are totally honest in those kind of meetings? I'm at the players' meeting. There's always a power differential in. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we like to think things are very cut and dry here, and it's just not the case, Carly. Drew D. in the chat says, Thoughts about the, quote, NFL insider that thinks the Packers will go after Brandon Staley for D.C. Um, the thing about Brandon Staley, and again, I'm, try, I'm trying so hard, Tim, Milio, to hold off on this to the offseason because there's right. going to be plenty of time to talk about it. But uh, the thing about Brandon Staley, he was a good D.C. to the best of my knowledge. I haven't heard anybody say, oh, he was a poor D.C., he shouldn't have got an NFL job um, but or a head coaching job. Um, the one thing about it, he, he is a horrible head coach. Right. And he's calling the offensive plays. If I understood correctly, defensive mind calling offensive plays, that's a recipe for disaster. You don't believe me. Turn back the tape last year and watch New England with uh, Matt Patricia calling the plays on offense. Bill, I, I think Bill Belichick was in the bottle when he made that decision, just, just to be honest with you. It's a whew, yeah. tough look. Um, Nick McSwain in the board. <laughs> yeah. Nick McSwain in the chat says Sam Monson from PFF said he didn't understand the Quay pick. He said Quay is a great athlete, but didn't see him being a first round pick. I think many people would agree with that, Nick. Um, I know that's how I felt during the draft. I didn't go all oh, horrible pick. I immediately shifted through, man. That's a goody pick. Like that is high athletic profile and uh, not much there that's suggesting, hey, this guy's going to be a, a solid mock backer, right? Which well, is they should just draft a, draft a mic then and let. Let Quay play the play the Sam. There you go. The problem is, Tim, you would have to admit that mistake. And man, we've seen it with Savage. Like, oh yeah, that they, that they can't happen again. Refuse to admit, you know. Um, so anyway, let's do this. Let's. Uh, <laughs> hey, I like this right here. She said, "Murph says Agent O does does need a say." Agent O, I love it. <laughs> Murph, I love it. Omer, I don't know if you could change your name somehow, some way in here, but it needs to be Omer dash Agent O. All right. Yeah. Or Agent O dash Omer probably be better. I'll there love you it. Go. Yeah. Call it the old report. That's what Murph said. <laughs> Murph's on it. We need yeah. to make this happen, man. We need to make it happen. All right. Let's start. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Before you pull that up, or as you're pulling it up, the last thing I just wanted to say was you were right on there with, with the point of, dude, your your divisional opponents is six games. So if you're not if you're not prepared to play them. Right. You know, if that if that defensive coach isn't ready to go, that's an issue, man. You, you mm -hmm. could you could turn your season around with those six divisional wins and something else. So it's not like it's a you know a, a tiny factor in this in this overall picture. It, it, the problem right. the problem with it is when you meant when I mention that on Twitter, what happens is immediately people run it through the filter. A, a select group of people run it through the filter of he's trying to make an excuse for Joe Barry. Like someone commented, hey, you need to get off this Joe Barry thing. The tweet said nothing about Joe Barry. The right. tweet was about, is Robert Sala as good as we think he is? Because as you start to look for the next D.C., you, you these things matter. They're important. But they, it, it feels so much like last year with Aaron Rodgers. 
people hated Aaron Rodgers so bad that nothing else mattered. This mm-hmm. is Aaron Rodgers. And others will say, well, they're just making excuses for Aaron Rodgers. No, you've got the guy's got a broken thumb and we led the league in drops. If you think that's an excuse, then I can't help you. Like you, your hate has exceeded anything that I can bring logically to the table. That was the guy last year, right? This year, it's Joe Barry. Next year, it'll be someone else. This year, it started to be – you notice when the defense was playing decent, right, when they were playing, when we were talking about, man, look at them, they're, they're borderline top five in points per game or points per play. Who was everybody dogging on? For a bit, it was Jordan, and then it became Christian Watson. Christian mm-hmm. Watson is just, oh, they trashed him. They're arguing with his family on Twitter. and this. Yeah. You, you notice the commonality, by the way, with all the Twitter toxicity? <laughs> There's one commonality. You, you, see it, you see it happening with this player – then that player, you see the fan base going at each other. You see them roasting Aaron Rodgers all year last year. The one, the one thing that's common in all of these situations are the fans. Like, let's stop being toxic on Twitter, and all this fixes itself. Right. It's one thing to say, "Hey, here's what I see. Here's what I think's wrong with the team." It's another thing to go in and call someone trash and tell them to kill themselves and anything else. Like, All they want to do is burn it down, and yeah. and they're they're just trying to figure out what they need to burn down tomorrow. Like it's like, all right, well, what am I burning down today? What am I burning down tomorrow? It's like, can we yeah. chill? Look at this right here. Let's get to the important stuff. Coach Monk says, "Good morning from Tennessee. Just went to Pals and got some cheddar rounds. Let me tell you, oh. something. let me tell you something, Amelia. You don't you ain't, you ain't got a Pals in Knoxville, do you? I don't. I don't." Have you ever had pals? No. Bro, listen to me. They got these little golden, beautiful things called cheddar rounds, where it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just like a a, a deep fried ball of potato just loaded oh. with cheese. Bro, you can hurt yourself with that thing, man. Um, that sounds, yeah. that sounds I, delicious. I'm going to have to make a stop on my next trip. I sit in between about four different pals. So. <laughs> The, the devil talks to me every day. I'm over here trying to get the diet under control, and I look over and there's that big pal. So I'm like, yeah, mm. what time is it? Yeah, we got to go what grab time? some <laughs> Anyway, I feel you, Coach Monk. Let's talk about Jordan Love real quick. Um, so if we're going to talk about the contract of Jordan Love, what it may potentially be, you know, look like, you know, we're sitting here saying, I think he's the guy. That's my opinion is I think he's the quarterback of the future. Let's go around the horn and just make sure that everyone does agree with that or doesn't agree with that. Tim, do you feel comfortable saying Jordan Love's the quarterback of the future for the Packers? Being that I've said it for two and a half years, yeah. <laughs> okay, still you're staying there. still there, it. more so than ever. Emilio's got the thumbs up, right, Emilio? Yeah. Okay, you believe he's the guy. So let's talk about what that could potentially look like. Now, obviously, he's under contract through next year. I think Goody did a good job. Goody saw something, right, and said, all right, let's get ahead of the curve here, and let's make sure he's under contract next year. So keep in mind, you can franchise him after next year. That's not ideal, right? You want to get some kind of long-term deal done if they – they continue to believe that he is the guy. If a better quarterback doesn't fall to them in the draft and they pull the trigger on that, right? You've got to you got to mention that possibility. So when you look at the quarterback, um, the 2023 quarterback room cap hits across the league. It's gonna be hard to read. So if you guys need a number, let me know. I'll read it off to you. But essentially, this is how much of the cap is allocated to the quarterback room for all of these teams across the league. Okay. Green Bay is currently 26th at cap dollars, being at 5.2 million. That's only 2.3% of the cap, just to kind of give you an idea, right, of exactly where they sit cap-wise. Um, Tim's going to step away and get some coffee. I like you it. need some diesel, yeah. you got to have that diesel. Um, so the Packers, obviously, at, at 26th in the league, I mean, they're crushing it with quarterback play, 
to cap hit ratio. There's no two ways about it. Could be the most valuable quarterback in the league given the cap hit. Kudos to Goody because right. he's he seen that. He had the vision for it and made it happen. Now, the problem is your dead cap is not on here, right? And that was from Aaron Rodgers' dead cap of whatever, $41 million. So, you know, you can kind of put that on the back burner and say, okay, that was a horrible decision by Goody. It's why we don't have money right now. Given a three-year, $150 million contract, then deciding to move move on from them the next year, not a good business decision. All right, so when we move on to – this is quarterback's 2023 total average per year. I like to focus on cap hit. Every time I focus on cap hit, though, people come at me and go, well, that's not the overall contract. So we're going to briefly mention the overall contract, okay? So if you take the 2023 average rankings, basically if you average out the totality of the contract and broke it down to a yearly amount, right – uh, Joe Burrow comes in first at $55 million, okay? If you go all the way down this list here, you'll notice, obviously, Jordan Love's not going to be anywhere on this list. Look where Aaron Rodgers is, $37.5 million. So he is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 11, 12, 13, tied for 13th. Mm-hmm. This is what I was talking about. When you, when you look at Aaron Rodgers throughout history, how he's never taken that top contract – Immediately, the media wanted to go to $50 million. He's the top-paid quarterback in the league. That you, It's going to get adjusted. We talked about that over and over. It could have gotten adjusted in Green Bay, but we decided to move on, and it's looking like it was the right decision up to this point. So just wanted to point that out. That's what stood out there. So when you talk about overall average rankings in 2023, $55 million is the top of the heap, and you've basically got, what, four quarterbacks in Burrow, Herbert, Jackson and Hertz that are over 50 million on uh you know per average. All right, what's Jordan Love's current contract? 2023 his cap hit is 4.4 million, okay? In 2024 his cap hit is 7.7 million. Now you see all of the escalators at the bottom right, playoff escalators. 65%, I'm not going to play it because I got this image pulled up, but 65% of regular season snaps and a plus a playoff berth, he gets an extra $500,000. This is how the contracts kind of fluctuate, right? Pro Bowl selection, he gets another million dollars. 65% uh, of the regular season snaps, he gets a, a $500,000 there. That's in 2024. Um, when you look at Super Bowl win, if he wins a Super Bowl, right, and 65% of the snaps, $1 million. So you can kind of see the escalators laid out. A lot of 65% there. I think Mark Murphy might have had his hand in this, uh, this contract. I'm sorry, man. You can't have 65%. Pop up that many times. Nine times and not hit this. 65%. 65%. So that's how his current contract sits out. And, that, and now some people are going, Clayton wants to red for 25, 26, and 27. Those are voidable years. We push that money out. We push $5.2 million out to 2025. We've got 1.7 on the books in 2026 and 1.7 on the books in 2027. So that foundation is already kind of in place. If you want to sign an extension, not that it really matters, but just to kind of let you know how the voidable years are tacked on. Um, another another thing we try to point out here, people go, how do you move that money out? How is it allocated? You can basically, the most common way is to take base salary, base salary and workout bonus along with uh, – um, the uh, roster bonus, you can convert that to signing bonus, write a check on the spot, and then that signing bonus money can now be spread out over the duration of the contract. If you've only got two years on the contract like they did with Jordan Love through 2024, you tack on what we call three voidable years and spread it out over those years as well. This is uh, this is NFL cap 101 in 2023 and 2024 and beyond. Until they close that loophole, 
cash over caps here to stay, guys. It is. Now, you're going to see the Packers tone it back a bit, I believe, and kind of get the house a little more in order. But I think they're still going to continue to use it. And every time they do, there's going to be a select uh, number of the fan base that's going to lose their mind over it. But it, to me, it's a necessary evil right now. Really quick, we're going to get into Jordan Love's fair market value. But 2024 breakdown rankings. This is it's so important. This is all from Spotrack. Okay. Understand it may not be 100% accurate, but it should be within the ballpark. You should go check this stuff out. People immediately, when you mention the cap, they go, well, that, well, that's not the cash. That's not the overall value. That's not the, you know, there's other bonuses involved. All that's at the helm here. The only thing to me as a fan that matters is the cap hit, period, case closed. I'm not interested in getting here and talking numbers 24-7. I want to know what's the cap hit, how's it allocated, where are the voidable years, what's it going to cost us next year to bring that player back and be able to push money out down the road. Outside of that, I really don't matter. But you can see kind of the cap hit. We'll run through some of the tops here. Cap hit for 2024, Deshaun Watson, $63 million against the They get what they deserve in Cleveland. Yes, they do. <laughs> Dak Prescott. $59.4 million. Patrick Mahomes, $57.3 million. Kyler Murray, $51.8 million. Matthew Stafford, $49.5 million. Now, total cash. You'll notice Deshaun Watson for cap hit is at 63.9. Number one in total cash is Joe Burrow at 65.7. Base salary, Deshaun Watson. Number two, Kyler Murray jumps up in base salary. So you see the different structures of these different contracts. Workout bonus. Pat Mahomes sitting at the top of the million. Chump change compared to some of these numbers, right? Contract length. You guys heard me say, you know, maybe if if Jordan continues to prove his worth by the time that you sign a new contract, whether it's next May or the middle of next year, um, look at look at the contract length. That's how you can push money out. That's how you can maneuver money even more. Patrick Mahomes has a 10-year deal, okay? Uh, you know, uh, some of the other positions, Khalil Mack, six years, right? You got uh, Tyron Smith from the left tackle from Dallas, eight years. That's how they're pushing money out and getting creative. Josh Allen's the only other quarterback on that list with six years on his contract. So that would be breaking the norm for Goody. He typically likes to work off a three to four year deal, right? As far as extension, but just something to keep your eyes on. Okay. Overall contract value. Some people say he's the most expensive quarterback because he's got the the overall contract value. Pat Mahomes is number one at 450 million. Joe Burrow, number two at 275. Big difference between one and two, especially with Burrow signing his contract after Pat Mahomes. But again, 10 years, people would see at 450 and go, Pat Mahomes ain't no player worth that over 10 years. Different ballgame, right? right? It was it was a very team-friendly deal, as hard as that is to believe when you look at the money. Especially the way the cap's climbing. Yes, and it's going to continue to go up. We mentioned that the other day. There's no cap number been released yet. I don't think it's officially been released, but it's going to skyrocket because, as they said from the owners' meetings, quote, business is booming. <laughs> so there you go. Just wanted to kind of mention that the guaranteed at signing is interesting. Deshaun Watson, $230 million at signing. Whew. Lord have mercy. Um, career earnings there. You can see Aaron Rodgers, obviously, been around for a long time, $380 million uh matt stafford's only what two or 20 million behind him right. russell wilson at 305 so just want to kind of touch on those real quick to set the stage for what we're going to hit now 2024 average rankings let's move to 2024 joe burrow at 55 million herbert at 52.5 lamar jackson at 52 jalen hurts at 51 russell wilson at 48.5 okay again aaron Rodgers all the way down on that list at 37.5 just kind of uh, worth noting there now when we get to the quarterback's cap hit for 2024, okay? This is the stuff I really key in on. This is what's allocated towards the cap and determines how much cap space you've actually got. Now, again, it can be manipulated over and over again. 
I'm not one that believes the cap is fake. I simply say the cap is real from a date-sensitive standpoint. You've got to get under that cap by a certain day. The the money, yes, it's always going to come due, but you can you can really make it never come due unless you want to do a Bobby Bonilla type thing, and uh, or if you want to do a Bobby Bonilla type contract. I don't know if you guys know about the Bobby Bonilla. Oh man, tell him Clayton, tell him about this. I don't know all the details. Uh, you know, just right off the top of my head, where I can rattle it off verbatim. But he's been getting paid over a million dollars for like twenty years now. <laughs> because the deal he took was they could push the money out. And it's like every year you'll see it. If you focus on Twitter every year, it's Bobby Bonilla day. It's the day that he gets that cut where he gets that check in the mail. <laughs> so I was That's actually, Mets, right? what's that? I believe it's from the Mets, New York Mets. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was the Mets that did it. Yeah. Back when they had him and Howard Johnson, I think was still on the, on the team. Um, I followed the Mets a little bit. They were my minor league club when I played little league ball, you know, when I was like, eight years old or whatever. Right. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to root for the Mets. And Bobby Bonilla and they're cussing reporters out in the locker room. And everything. <laughs> hey, all right. This is my team. All right, let's talk about cap hits, okay? The Packers, 2024 cap hits. We've hit on this a couple times. Bakhtiari at 40.4. Kenny Clark at 27.4. Jair Alexander, 24.3. Uh, I don't mean to shake my head, but, man, that one hurts. You know, Kenny's underperformed for the contract, in my opinion, especially in the running game, I should say. He's a great pass rusher, but in the running game, really kind of come up short. Um, at least he's on the field, though. Jair at 24.3 next year, man. If he if we don't get this thing cleaned up, straightened out by then, something's really wrong. Aaron Jones is due 17.7. We know he's not going to play for that number. Preston Smith, 16.5. You've got Rashawn Gary coming in at 15.9. You've got, uh, let's see, Elton Jenkins at 14.5, and then Devondre Campbell at 14.4. Jordan Love comes in at 7.7 million. Okay, so he is what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think the 10th highest cap hit on the roster next year. Of course, you see Darnell Savage there. People are going, wait a minute, he's not under contract next year. No, but we still got to pay him 5.4 million because we decided to push that money out along with bringing him back. So. Again, one of the one of the worst moves by Goody. Now, this is before the draft cl- class is included, okay? So when you look at the estimated cap space per the top 51, you only have to account for the cap with the top 51 highest paid players on the roster. You've got $6.4 million in cap space as it sits right now, but that does not include the draft class to the best of my knowledge with Spotrack. So if you were to cap, you know, say let's let's tack in another – 11 to 16 million for that, you're going to be over the cap. So you've got to shave something. That's where the Bakhtiari contract comes into play. They'll probably adjust themselves with Kenny Clark's contract as well. Maybe Jair's um, just something to keep your eye on there. I wanted to point out how low Jordan Love was there being the 10th highest paid player at only 7.7 million. When we go back to the other cap hits, right? Deshaun Watson, 63.9 million. Uh, (laughs) Dak Prescott, 59.4 million. Again, you got to give Goody credit. Goody working around this and Jordan Love only 7.7 million. He got ahead of the curve there. Now we're saying, and it's Jacob jumps on board here with us. Good to see you, Jacob. Now we're sitting here going, okay, what is his contract going to look like then? Right. Before we get into that, based off everything we just said, let's go around the horn. Let's start with Jacob. Have you caught any of this, Jacob, or did you just just now hear? Man, I woke up, I woke up real late. I just popped on as soon as I woke up. Just a lot of bad. <laughs> Me too, Jacob. Must be nice, man. Must be nice. <laughs> Tim, working. Tim, you got anything to add to anything we just covered, man? I feel like I'm talking a lot, and I hate it. Um, I just, I don't know. Looking at these numbers makes me glad that we've got the got a very cheap 
wide receiver room that is uh, <laughs> those guys are all that that's going to be concerning down the road here but um it, it makes me feel good yeah and i i aaron jones particularly sticks out you're right he's probably not going to pay play on that next year uh so there's a little bit of uncertainty there but um you know we talked about jay love uh possibly offering him some sort of patrick mahomes type of deal you know eight nine ten year massive contract um I could see that happening. I really could. It, it gives the team a little bit more flexibility. Um, and I think Jordan probably wants a long-term commitment um, from the Packers. So, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, man, um, I think the thing that stands out the most, it's the obvious, it's the Darnell Savage. Um, <laughs> Darnell yeah. Savage, five and a half million dead cap. Yeah. Yikes. And it'd be different if it was like, man, we're getting top 10 safety play. We're getting starter safety. 20 safety play. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh Doug said, gotta admit Goody playing money ball. Absolutely, man. He's uh yeah. he's uh he's working it, working the cap for sure. Drew says at the bottom of the page it should include dead money, draft class, etc. You gotta be careful, Drew, because it does say that at the bottom of it, but the cap gurus on Twitter will point out it's not it's not included. They're just simply mentioning that. So that's why I always say let's give five, five to seven million cushion here. Right. You can always what's what's five to seven million amongst friends. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> let's 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 not try to dunk on each other over this because everybody gets so angry about the cap. You've got some people that they've got their whole identity invested in. Here's the exact scent. That's cool. That's not how this show is going to operate. We're going to operate off of cap hits. All right. How much money we've talked about in the past? Doom and gloom, doom and gloom, doom and gloom. Our caps trash. What are we going to do? There's nothing we can do. And the next thing you know, you got money to do whatever you want to do. It goes on every every year it's pointless mm -hmm. to waste time. i like okay. i like what you were saying about kenny clark though and then if you look over to the right on the the market values you know we got him locked in for 27 million cap hit they're saying that he's you know roughly worth 17.1 um and then same kind of there with aaron jones at uh 17 million roughly uh you know valued at 5.2 so it's did we overpay you know you never know it in the moment we we needed him we need them both and we signed him on a deal, but it's when the, the performance on the field uh, doesn't match up to the numbers. That's when people start to get upset and worried about it. Um, but it's also tough, you know, not having Bach on the field, all that, all that stuff just, you know, sort of compiled into one. Yeah. And, you know, like Emilio pointed out, looking over to the right, you can see the calculated market values. You see Jordan loves 42.9 million. Let's talk about that. So when you look at his calculated market value, OK, I love how they do this. I know some people like to criticize Spotrack and say, oh, this is unrealistic. Everyone that I've followed, they have nailed it. They've nailed it within two million dollars. So I feel like they're really, really accurate with this. What they do is they take they take players at the same position with similar uh, production value right across the league and they compare them and, and by a percentage come up with a calculated market value. All right. So. His calculated market value is 42.9 average annual salary. Okay. So if he was a free agent today and was hitting the market, the numbers suggest he should get average on average 42.9 million per year. All right. Now, how did they come up with that? Comparable players, Justin Herbert, five-year contract, 262 million, average salary of 52.5 million. Okay. His age when he signed was 25 years old. Sam Darnold signed a one-year deal at four and a half million. So Believe it or not, Jordan Love, his performance is kind of comparable to Sam Darnold 
on an average basis, if that makes sense. And him being 25 years old, right around the same age ballpark. Baker Mayfield, one year, four million. I know people still think Baker's trash. I've always said I think Baker is underrated. He wasn't underrated coming out of college, but as soon as Cleveland started to struggle, he became underrated big time. Um, I think that everywhere he goes, his teammates love him. I think he's fairly effective on the field. I think he's a pretty accurate passer. Um, now, decision-making, that's been problems at, at times. We've seen it last year, Jacob in person, watching him throw picks with the, as a Rams yeah. quarterback. Um, so, $4 million, he's 27 years old. Josh Allen, this is the one that probably hurts us a little bit, guys. Is that six years? Yeah, six years, $258 million. Average salary of $43 million. He's only 25 years old. So when you average all that out, you're talking about a length of 3.3 years, $132 million, 40 point, uh, let's just call it $40 million flat, and an average age signing of 25.5. So they break down all the stats. We won't go through all the numbers. Essentially what you come up with, cal uh, calculated market value for Jordan Love, four years, $171.6 million, an average salary of 42.9. Notice it says average salary. That's average. Uh, if you were to take the entirety of the contract and break it down, divide it by the years, that's that's the average number you come up with. The cap hit's probably not going to be that big, right? The only cap hit you're seeing that large is that Deshaun Watson one that's just absolutely whoo. So hey, what, if, what if that's what they offered him? Do you, how do you think he reacts to that? If, if they, they offered him four years, four years at forty-two million a year, I think he said, "Can we get that direct deposit?" And that's, what, <laughs> that's what I think he says. I think uh, he says, "Can we can we tack on two to three more years?" I wonder. Do you guys know if there's a stat? Just looking at that sheet of a team. Let's say you take the team's top five. Let's say top ten highest paid players, and then you average out the amount of time they actually played on the field first season. And like, I want to know what that stat would be called, first of all. Second of all, I'd have to imagine that the Packers would rank pretty low on that list. Mm -hmm. I look at that list, and you'd like, half those dudes didn't really even play this year. <laughs> just got money going. You know, oh, so I, uh, what, first of all, chat, what would you call that stat? And where would you think the Packers would rank on there? I Honestly, that'd be kind of a fun one to look up. But As you guys talk amongst yourselves there and keep the conversation going, there is a stat that talks about overall value. Um, if I can find it, best values, I think is where it's at. Yeah, here we go. Best values. I'll read some of them off to you here. In tw you want, here's 2023. Okay. Best values. You ready for this? <clears throat> Brock Purdy, number one. <laughs> so it, you, when you look at it across the board, we need to see exactly how it, how it factors in and averages, but just kind of, kind of show you think of Brock Purdy. He's in the MVP conversation, right? We all People early in the year, not on this podcast or in this chat, but many people are like, Brock Purdy, MVP, get over yourself. No, dude is a dog. Dude's playing perfectly within the system, right? His average salary is nine, $934,000, okay? Just to put that into perspective. Yeah, that's a he, workout bonus for David Bakhtiari. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you Sounds guys like our receiver there. room right now. <laughs> You guys talk amongst yourselves for a second. I'm going to see if I can pull it up to where it actually shows, okay, here is the highest rating as far as value. I'll but, tell you, Brock Purdy was a fluke. He'd be playing like booty this year. So yeah. the fact that the fact that uh, he's balling. Right. Um, he better get paid now. tells him. you that he's not a fluke, yeah. Carly, Carly said that they call that stat value, like you said. But, I mean, that's for an individual player. I'm literally looking at – I want to see like a team's – <clears throat> if that makes sense, like the top 10 guys, how, what was the average of the percentage that they played kind of thing? Anyway. Right. And how much they cost the team per year sort of thing. Right. Jake? I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'd have to imagine the jets this year, 
pretty low <laughs> on that list as well. You know what I mean? Well, and the other thing Tim was saying was I really do I really don't think that they're gonna go under five years on his deal lengthwise. I don't I don't I don't think that if we went through all this time, he's already sat there for three years, he's not gonna want just a little four year deal. He's gonna yeah. want something <laughs> with some substance behind it. And we want team friendly, right? Like Clayton mm-hmm. was saying, be able to be able to spread that out, you know, move things into bonus money and right. that kind of thing kind of helps us as well. And then Again, I hate to keep bringing up the receiver room, but you know, Goody smacking this last draft out of the park mm-hmm. kind of helps us. Going right. Forward. Well, because and then they're all young, Tim. Then then what happens in three three four years when we have to be ready to sign them? Do we want to also have a three or four year four year deal of Jordan Love's ending right then too? And we're just sitting there crunching numbers all day. Great point. Great point. Especially since we all know, you know, clearly we're not going to be able to resign all of those guys. They'll, yeah. they'll be. Probably so one or two out of that crop that won't won't be here long term. What do we have like a two year window where we could really go pretty tear it crazy. up? Depending on what happens with our next draft class, dude. Like I I yeah. you look at that stat line and yeah, probably half those guys on the top end of that that we're paying out, they might not be there or else they restructure. But look at that list mm-hmm. below of just up and coming freaks, dude. I'm just I mean, I, I really do think that. Next year, I, I know that sounds like such a homer thing to say, but man, I'm telling you, next year we're going to be so good. <laughs> it's going to be so good. It's going to be elite. <laughs> What's up, Murph? Yes, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it. Um, there's, I know there's a site that does it. They, they've got a ranking for okay. Here's, here are the people that have been, uh, when, you know, they, they basically average it out amongst the contract and their productivity on the field. I can't find it right now. I'm hoping someone else. We'll be uh be able to post it here in the chat, but it doesn't mm-hmm. look like it. Um, the one that comes to mind though is like Brock Purdy. There is a system though, Jacob. We need to find it and have it on the next pod because it's pretty cool. It breaks down like okay, this player here, like Brock Purdy's the, the prime example, right? I'm sure there's several others too. Like on the Packers, imagine, imagine like if you were to go with specific analytics with Dontavian Wicks, I'm sure he'd be up there at the top. Now it's a small sample size, but like Jaden Reed, when you look at how many touchdowns he's scored, how mm-hmm. effective he's been on that second round, you know, salary cap hit, you know, he'd be one that probably be towards the top. One that would be horrible would be David Bakhtiari. You've right. got all that cap hit tied up in several years, and he's not being able to get on the field. Now, it's not the dog on him, injuries or injuries, but, you know, it is what it is from a cap hit standpoint and how it's affected the Packers uh, or uh, prevented them, I guess you could say, from being able to be more aggressive in free agency, things like that. So. Right. If he's on the field, he's still arguably the best left tackle in the game. Problem is, he's never on the field. So Can the I other, ask a the other, oh, go ahead, Jacob. Sorry, uh, I'm just reading through the chat here, and uh, Omar's talking about how we got fit 14 picks, and somebody else commented about it. So do we go defense first round again? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you look at D line, D line, D line, defensive line. You know that everyone would kill you. The Facebook groups would kill you. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something about the Facebook group. What I have learned is the Facebook groups are the most toxic area, not just from following Packernet, but across the board. I, I hear so many podcasts go, yeah, imagine that one. Bill Michaels is one. Facebook comment, imagine that. Like mm-hmm. Facebook is very toxic in the private group chats, right? Or the private group pages, I should say. Um, you just got you've got a handful of people that their overall goal is <laughs> this team 
What a bunch of idiots. Let me let me explain to you. Some of you are hearing my voice and you know exactly who I'm talking about. So, so Facebook's post, gonna say we need more receivers. They post yes. daily the first like, rounder, Tim. The first round, yeah. Let's they, hey, they trade lost, up, get Marvin Harrison Jr., right? Let's go. They lost me when they said if this team had listened to me two years ago, the problem oh. will be fixed. I'm like, bro, they don't know that either of us are alive. You know, right? Like, <laughs> that's just the facts. Me, you, your Aunt Sally, your cousin Day Day, they don't know any of them exist. All right. They're not looking at Facebook going, man, we should have listened to that. He's right. Yeah. You know, there's a him. reason Goody makes a couple million bucks himself a year to, to uh, <laughs> make these decisions. Yeah. Or just one, throw one a few million dollars around willy nilly. Yeah, one of 32 on the face of the earth. That's why I always throw in the caveat of listen, guys, they know way more about football than I do, or else I would be one of the 32, and I'm not okay. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sitting in Tennessee talking to a bunch of buddies about football, okay. To have the ego that's what gets me to have the ego as a fan to think that you understand more about a profession than someone who's been in the business, like Goody. We've disagreed with Goody. We've disagreed about, with Goody on several things. We also point out when he makes great decisions, right? Mm-hmm. For me to sit here and think that someone's been around a game for 30 years and studied under, uh, you know, Ted Thompson, maybe even Ron Wolf. I don't know if he was with the organization when Ron Wolf was there. He may have been. But to study under Ted Thompson and people like that and they and, and just to, to have the ego to think, I know more than him, that's just wild. I, I, I will never subscribe to that. That process. I'll tell you what we will subscribe to though. BetUS is the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. Appreciate them jumping on board with us. If you guys are looking for an awesome way to uh, put a little action on the game, make sure you check them out. You can click on the link in this YouTube video description. Okay. If you click on that link, you can register with BetUS using that link for free. And it also puts us in better standing with BetUS and shows, hey man, people actually listen to these knuckleheads. So, uh, if you want to support the channel and do it in a way that costs zero dollars, that's one way you can do it. We'd appreciate you doing that. You know, as far as the line, it kind of opened up according to PFF earlier this week. The Packers were four and a half point favorites. If you hopped over to BetUS last night, it may have changed again. They're actually six point favorites now. Okay, just to kind of show you the odds and the interface there with BetUS. We appreciate them jumping on board with us. You guys know I had mentioned. Uh, you know, parlays and stuff that I like to put together, low-cost parlays that have high payouts. Last night we didn't hit, obviously. I think I hit on three of the five that I picked, mm-hmm. which still put us in the positive, but the main parlay that we put five on to try to win 90 bucks did not hit. But they've got some really creative ways that you can parlay different prop bets together. You guys know I like to play the unders. Uh, America's uh, favorite sports book, Bet US, now celebrating their 30th year in business. Appreciate them jumping on board. Again, click on the link in the YouTube description, and that will help. That will give us credit and uh, put us in better standing with them. Bet US, the official sports book of Packers Total Access. Um, as we get ready to wrap up here, guys, I'd rather just let y'all talk to be honest with you. Let's go around the horn one time. And anything y'all want to hit on, if there was something that triggered in your mind, let's start with Jacob since he jumped in here late. Is there something you wanted to hit on, Jacob? Uh, did you guys talk about Musgrave coming back? We did a little bit last night. Let's hit it. Go ahead. Talk about it, man. No, I'm just I'm excited about it. It's just another guy at the beginning of the year. I was – you guys remember, if you remember during the draft uh, stream we did, I was over the freaking moon for Tucker Craft. I, I basically wanted you were, to dude. face autographed on my butt. I mean, I was, I was, <laughs> I was basically there. Uh, so to see the way that he started, I gotta, I gotta hit you with it, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. You call me anything you want, but don't call me that. 
that's the type I, of guy that gets faces tattooed on their left yeah. right, go ahead what mama don't know won't hurt her <laughs> <laughs> so just to see the way he started i was like man i don't know if this was beyond a, a draft bust this guy he had you know just it didn't look like he knew anything. He didn't know how to catch a ball and not fall over. I mean, it was it was ugly to see the way that once Musgrave went down. And by the way, Musgrave progressed better and faster than I thought he would. So I was wrong about that as well. But then to see Kraft step up when Musgrave fell off, um, it was really encouraging. And all of a sudden, I've seen Musk, uh, Kraft specifically in the last two, three weeks where I'm like, okay, that's like little baby Gronk kind of guy. You know, he's out there doing some crazy stuff and throwing the weight around. Um, <clears throat> it's really good. I will say one more thing lastly and i'll kick it over to you guys i would not be mad at all if we were to go running back in the first round i don't necessarily know who i'm looking at but i'm looking if it's mid to late round first I, you know I, that may be maybe be a great shavink topic um but i i also there's a difference too of us talking like no we're not going to go wide receiver well if we're picking at 13 and for some god's reason marvin harrison jr falls at 13 yeah there's a difference there you take a first round wide receiver right. or something there's certain specifics in certain ways that if a draft board falls, you know, you got to take the pick. It's almost like you have to. Um, so that being said, man, I'm just, I'm excited. I really, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about this last part of the season, but, and the last two weeks have been just really gut-wrenching just because of how it's like, you know, that remember that commercial where the old man with the dollar has the fishing pole and he's like, you're almost there. Almost going to get it. That's how I feel like the season's been, so. I love it, man. I, I love how like the city folk, how they dress up for fishing. They get the vests on and stuff. And that's that's what that guy reminded me of. You know, he was all decked out with the fish. Man, you go watch people fish back home, bro. They look like they're homeless. I'm just joking. Right. Like, like they're like the fishermen that I know don't look like that. But the commercial. Thirty folk. seconds ago, they were just driving down the highway. They just peeled over to the side because they <laughs> saw some movement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you guys don't. I, I know you don't usually go running back first round. You guys are already eating me alive in the comments. But I, I just. <laughs> I, I just want it. I want like I want the running back of the draft. I want like the the guy that everybody says is going to be the next Barry Sanders. Like I want, and I don't really know who that you know Gibbs. I think that was I wouldn't have taken Gibbs in the first, but I want something around those lines. You know, I, I personally like the pick. Gibbs pick myself. I did. I got roasted for it, but probably yeah. in the chat going, "We remember Clayton, you idiot." Um, Jacob wants yeah. to be John. Here's the thing, Jacob. If you hit on it, if you yeah. hit on it, you're a genius. Oh look, mm -hmm. man, nobody takes running backs. Good thing they did, right? Um, that I think the trend in the NFL is it's got to be a dual threat back. It's got to be a back that, that can catch the football and, and play a role in the passing game as well as a running game, right? It kind of goes without saying. If you're going to take a, a running back in the first round, that's what it's going to take. Um, you know, I'm not saying I disagree with you, Jacob, but I think Goody does, you know. Um, yeah. I think we all agree Goody is – he is not big on using a high pick on a first round or on a running back. I mean, when was the last time we drafted a first round running back would have been Eddie Lacy, right? And that was obviously Ted Thompson. Dylan second round though. Well, he may have been a second yeah, round. Dylan yeah, because they kept running from him, didn't they? Every yeah. time they every time they drafted, he was top of their board, and they yeah. trade out and trade out, and then they end up taking him. So, um, yeah, it was a second round. So we've never taken a first round running back, right? Ever. College. Not that I know. I mean, probably have to go back to the Lombardi days or the or the Jack Venisi days, but right. um, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, Lacey was a second, as the the chat is confirmed. I love the chat, man. It's just yeah. like it's like our own Jamie from the Joe Rogan show. Hey, Jamie, look at us. <laughs> hey, the chat just fires away. Some people are going, "How dare you mention Joe Rogan?" You know, mm -hmm. yourself. Calm down. Could you imagine <laughs> how how much the fan base would spiral though if we've been if they've been calling for a what, first round wide receiver and Jacob gets his first round running back wish and they just <laughs> absolutely spiral? 
No doubt. Tim, what do you think, man? Look, we're at the hour four mark. We're going to talk running backs in the first round. It doesn't take much to get this fan base to spiral. Let's be honest. <laughs> they were fuming when we drafted LVN. Yeah, so crying out loud. Yeah. I remember that. I saw a lot of that reaction. Mm-hmm. Me and Clay were like, man, this dude's a monster. I'm looking at 90% of Packers Twitter and what what are we doing? Taking edge. Like, <laughs> at least they know, called man. it an edge. At least they called yeah, it an least, edge. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding, right? And then we find out, you know, it looks like LVN's a there's so many hard. there's so many shots being taken. At least they called it in. <laughs> but what's funny is he's more versatile than that. We've right. seen it, and I think he'll develop nicely. But it's like, you know, a lot of people were were stark raving mad at this last draft. And now most of us are sitting here going, whoa, you know, this guy's good. This guy looks really good. Jaden Reed doesn't play like a rookie. Wow, Don yeah. Wicks is the man. You know, yeah, those are all goody draft picks, boys and girls. Yes, so yes, they are. Yeah, hang on to something, grab the railing so you don't spiral. All right. Um, I'm, I, I'll tell you, I'll close with Stay this. With group. <laughs> I, I'm, I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm hoping that we get a dub on Sunday. I'm focused on Sunday. I like that. Uh, every every single game is for our season. Um and you guys know where I stand on this. We are playing not to be on hard knocks. <laughs> I, we are playing to keep these camera crews out of 1265 for the love of God. 3 oh. wins in a row, make the playoffs and this nonsense. Oh, oh boy. I'm trying so hard just now to put Put, to put Tim on solo cam as he was saying, we <laughs> I couldn't figure it out though. Yeah, that's true, man. Hey, listen, guys, if we don't make the playoffs, we're on hard knocks. Yeah, they have been drooling over this opportunity. They be in the league forever. Yeah. That's going to be the highest rating hard knocks in history. I'm not gonna lie. I'd watch the crap out of it. Oh, yeah. I would too. And Tim I'm would not too. Gonna lie. I would love to see us make the playoffs and mess <laughs> up the plans. Damn. Tim, would you watch it though? That's the question. Answer the uh, question, Tim. Of course would you I would. It? I'm a Packer fan, but it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't mean I agree with it. We're already talking about locker room and and you know crap with this That's team issues. Let's let's add a bunch of camera crews on Hard top. Of it. Waiting with their trebuchets at the at the border, yeah. just ready to storm storm the field and take the, take the cameras in. But no, it, that's why uh, that's why Jordan Love's got all those incentives, right? Clayton on his uh, at the end of his thing there. I mean, just get him top ten, get him sixty five percent in there for the for you oh, know, no. the playoff, get a win. No, we already hit it, Jacob. You don't have to worry about it. Oh, yeah, we're not gonna, gonna hit it again. again, Jacob. You know how we roll. Sixty five percent. Oh, one more thing before we pop off here. Did you guys see the stat? And I swear, I. I think that i have it perfect I, I wanted to screenshot it but it's if jordan love averages i think 157 pass yards for the rest of the season he will beat the all-time bears season passing record awesome. <laughs> somebody fact check me jamie look it up but i'm pretty I've sure seen it, yeah I've seen, it, I've seen it on twitter too so it's got to be true yeah um, i think it is true though that's wild that's absolutely wild man Dakota um, says, we, "Do we not want the pack on Hard Knocks?" No, that's me. Uh, I'm the I'm the president of the that that club. I don't speak for everyone. I'm sure I'm in the minority. I'm sure there's like me and somebody in their you know late 80s that feels the same way as as I do about uh, Hard Knocks. But to me, me, I, I want wins, man. I want to compete. I want to be in the playoffs. It's been a while since we made the playoffs, guys. You know, so that's that's more about what it is, you know, than not wanting them. Obviously, I'd love to see the guys on on Hard Knocks. We'd get a lot of 
cool stuff for sure, but it means you're a bad team. It means you're not making the playoffs. So, right. you know, that's that's the angle I come at it from. Yeah, Drew D in the chat said, I'll just have to go harass them at the practice field so they don't get any good coverage. Him and Tim both. Drew, they'll, <laughs> they'll team Drew D running, running, running around in the background with no shirt on, man. You know what I mean? Just acting a fool out there. Hey, me me and Matt Ramage will team up. We'll, uh, we'll, distract, we'll distract the uh, Hard Knocks crew, no problem. Man. Imagine the 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 uh, what do you call it the outtakes right the, oh. the stuff that doesn't make you know, you know Ramage leaned up against the bleachers in the background drunk right you know you got, <laughs> you got Drew D trying to be a distraction in the background you see Tim drive his car through the Packer Pro Shop <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta make it happen nah uh, listen let's make the playoffs so we ain't gonna talk about it yeah. but I'm telling you right now. I try to be as honest as I possibly can. Sometimes the emotions get in the way of that, and you got to go back and go, I didn't really mean that. You got to apologize. But I'm, I want everybody to know, put it on the ticker. I'm watching the hell out of that hard knock. So yeah. <laughs> every episode, DVR, TiVo, whatever you want to call it nowadays. Yeah. Can you imagine Jair with even more? Oh, boy. Space? Just nonstop. <laughs> Doug said Ramage would scare him off. <laughs> Drew D said, I'll be shouting from the crow's nest. <laughs> And if you guys miss it on HBO, don't worry. Big B will have every second of it covered on Twitter. You'll you'll be able to watch every bit every bit of it. I love oh, it. We need man. to get Big B on here sometime. And I love him and Caden. They they do a great job, man. But, Absolutely. All right. Guys, we're at an hour ten minutes. Jacob jumps on here. See, he gets to sleep in, and he jumps on here and keeps us late. That's how it works. So, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Emilio, Tim, Jacob, parting thoughts, man. What y'all got? Anything? Emilio, it's on you, brother. Ah, uh, like I said, man, the team. We're uh, we're young, but we're we're cruising, man. Let's just go in there and just take care of uh, Carolina. I'd I'd ideally like to get that forty burger. Then we know, you know, we know love can put it up. We've asked for it three weeks in a row now. I just want to see it, and uh, then then the defense really wouldn't have to worry. But uh, I I don't think, um, I really don't think they're going to let up, you know, more than twenty. And I I think that uh, they're going to show up down there. So it'll be cool to see going into the new year where this team's at. And if, uh, if we can get Jordan love a couple more 500,000 bonuses thrown in his pocket, if we can get a win, get him top 10 and uh, get into the playoffs, he'll be coming out of there with like an extra five mil in the pocket. We can do that. Yeah. Then he can afford to go to a live Taylor Swift concert. Uh Oh, I listen to much Taylor Swift. Uh Um, Jacob, what you got, man? Let's get out of here, dude. What you got? All right. I'll be quick. I'm hopeful. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but I swear to sweet baby Jesus, if we go in there and if we, if we make Bryce Young look like – if he goes out and does one of these games where it's like, oh, he's just coming out party and all this kind of nonsense, I'm going to lose my mind. I don't want to be on the you know the bandwagon of, oh, we got to fire everybody and get them out of the – you know, chase oh, them out. You get real loud if they lose to the Panthers, dude. If you, we lose oh, to the yeah. Panthers, yeah. it's going to be – Hey, listen, rightfully so. Rightfully yeah, so. I yeah. agree, and that's the thing is I don't want we, – we have – it's by the grace of, of the Lord, we have gotten to a spot where we have our destiny controlled by ourselves. It hasn't been well the last two weeks. We still somehow have a chance. Please, just please just get the wins. So again, we don't have to, like like Omar's talking about, I don't want the angry mob. I don't want the pitchforks. And I don't want to have to come on here and be like, it's fine. Everything's fine. And then you look yourself in the mirror and you're like, it's not okay. This is not okay. I am not okay. This will make you okay. John Deere Green On a hot summer night Hero Billy Bob loves Charlene 
Yeah. Uh, did you guys see here. the tweet when they put the Green Bay green, John Deere green, and then they had a yellow and they had a trivia that said, which one's the Packers, which one's John Deere, and which one's Subway? <laughs> oh, <my laughs> yeah. And Everybody got it wrong except AJ <laughs> Dillon. AJ <laughs> Dillon had it right. Yeah, he knows John Deere Green when he sees it. Dang right, man. Tip the cap there. That's where they're all. Yeah, that's where Jacob's going to send them all if we if we uh, if we don't pull out the the Carolina game. He's going to send them all into farming and just reset this whole team. <laughs> <laughs> you love it. All right, we're out of here, guys. Um, we're not sure if we're doing a show. Um, look at this. Jim says Jacob will have an Aaron Nagler rant if they lose to Carolina. We look forward to that. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Derek K. He confirmed three thousand eight hundred thirty-eight most yards in a season by Eric Kramer for the Bears. Wow. Um, yeah, going to be awesome to to see Jordan Love surpass everyone in Bears history. So. That would be absolutely phenomenal in all statistical categories, especially Mr. Justin Fields there, who's continuing to be hot poopy. But <laughs> all right, we're out, guys. There's a chance we'll do a show tonight. I'm not 100% sure. I mentioned it to Mandy earlier, and she went, we're not going out to dinner, so probably not a good chance. But we'll uh, we'll see if we can work around it. If not, um, like I said, I'll try to put the link up on YouTube. Check back on YouTube on the YouTube homepage, and you'll see if we got a live stream scheduled or not. So. Um, at least a couple hours before we go live, it'll be scheduled. But appreciate all four of y'all jumping in here. Jacob, it's good to see you, buddy. Always sure. a blast when you get in here and talk ball with us. Emilio, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for waking up, man. And uh, Tim, as always, do appreciate you, man. You're uh, you're in here five minutes early. Every time we get ready to go live, we're ranting to each other, cussing each other, and then we go live and act like we're in a good mood because the Packers suck. <laughs> anyway, appreciate everybody hanging out with us. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Oh, let me do this real quick. Sorry. Want to give a special thanks to Drew D. Thank you for the super chat, buddy. We really appreciate you, man. Let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go back, go.